This is the Watch Post podcast, which you'll find at watchpost.org. Well, good morning and welcome back to the Watch Post podcast. My name is Mel Black. Today, we are going to start into a new little mini series. Um, we're going to talk about loving your neighbor. Firstly, what this is, how how we should see this um, spiritually and within the truth, um, and how we should also see some of the misconceptions that we often have around this. Going firstly to Matthew 22, starting in verse 37, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Well, we should understand... Um, firstly about God, is that this these two commandments are really the heart of all that is good and right and true. These are not just some lofty commands that are um, just to be seen as unobtainable. No, these, these are the very definition of what righteousness is, of what love is. It is loving God with all of our being, giving God our whole heart, um, having all of our affections, all of our mind, all of our strength working um, in for his glory and loving him. And it is loving our neighbor equally with ourself. I think one of the best ways for us to understand loving our neighbor as ourself is, is simply to understand it as equality, as a matter of fairness. Loving our neighbor is about equality. Quality. It's about a balance. I think this is the best way for us to understand this, but it's not necessarily um, a 50-50 fixed amount because what we have to understand is that equality is often um, this flexible up and down of the scales, you know, where we're, we're held in tension with one another. So, um, for example, a person who has much more material wealth would be required uh, more to give more than the person who has less. Um, but at the heart of this, both people are still required to give as they are able. And that is where it's equal. I think some wonderful scripture on this point is actually in 2 Corinthians 8. If we look um, here, uh, Paul is encouraging the church in, in Corinth to give generously. And he's talking about um, how the church in Macedonia has already been doing this and they've been giving abundantly. Um, so looking at 2 Corinthians 8, we're going to skip around a little bit. Um, starting in verse 3, it says, For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the, the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Skipping all the way down to verse 12, it says, For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what a person does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need, so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered money much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. I want to also take us to Leviticus 5. Um, this is talking about the, the offerings that were 
required by God when a person had sinned, even against another person. And so God is laying before them, you know, it's required that they give a lamb or a goat for a sin offering. Um, but in verse seven, it says, but if he cannot afford a lamb, then he shall bring to the Lord as his compensation for the sin that he has committed two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. So we should see in this that the difference in the in this balance of fairness, that it's not necessarily that each person, each circumstance has to give the same, but that everyone must give what they are able to. And that is the matter of fairness. The person who was poor was never exempt from loving his neighbor. Um, we're never exempt from loving God or loving our neighbor, um, but everything is balanced within our circumstance. The 50-50 is fixed within the requirements upon both people, um, but the amount that a person gives will often be different, varying to the circumstances. And you can see this all throughout the Mosaic Law, where God has different specifications for how much a person might have to give, um, but still requiring that a person gives to the full amount. Um, but this is also not necessarily the case when someone does something um, unjust to another person. So if a person steals from another person, regardless of how much they have, um, they're required to add to it and give back to the person what they stole. So at times the law is um, looking within a person's circumstances and requiring less, but sometimes it's not. Um, and we have to understand that when we start looking at the equality between two people. The main thing we should understand about loving our neighbor as ourself is that we are meant to love our neighbor as ourself. <laughs> we are meant to, to realize within all of our lives, um, this law, this law of love, where firstly, what Christ sets before us um, in Matthew is, is showing us the, the heart, the center of all that is righteous, which is loving God with all of our being, with our entire heart, and it's loving our neighbor equally to ourselves. So within this, um, you know, I think we make kind of two errors. Firstly, we don't love people. We don't love them. We don't care about the the genuine welfare of other people. And at the same time, we do this, this weird selflessness where we try to basically kill ourselves for people. Um, and we misunderstand that selflessness is meant to be for God. It's meant to be loving God with all of our soul, heart, mind, and strength, not loving your neighbor with all your soul, heart, mind, and strength and loving God as yourself. Uh, but that is exactly where we often go with these things. Look here again at 2 Corinthians 8, 5. It says, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. And so I think, you know, sitting on either side of this issue um, is something that's going on for so many people, which is that on one side, realizing where we are very selfish, where we are not loving others, where we are not giving ourselves um, to the genuine good of other people. And at the same time, I think a lot of people are crying out because they feel only that call and they feel that they have no permission to look after the, the genuine welfare of their own souls, where it tells us in Proverbs to guard your heart with all diligence, those types of things. And I think within this, the main issue is that both of these things are going on in the person at the same 
time. The person who's being, you know, overly selfless, killing themselves for other people is actually at the same time being entirely selfish and not um, living how they should for other people. And often we substitute this, this fretful selflessness, um, this, this wrong selflessness in place of true uh, equality and love for our neighbor um, because we're, we're not willing to do that. We're not willing to actually go out and love people equally with ourselves. So we do this weird uh, version, which is actually far worse, but to our flesh, it feels easier. I mean, often we we take this, this false selflessness um, because it feels easier than truly dying to ourselves, denying ourselves, taking up a cross um, and following Christ. We don't actually want to die to ourselves. So we, we try to substitute it and feel like we're uh, obeying the morality that Christ calls us to. So within this, it's important for us to see um, that both are wrong. Both have harmful uh, implications and and both uh, are doing terrible things. I think a lot of times we just, we talk and talk and talk about how we need to love people. We need to do these things. And that is so true. Um, But if we're not equally giving people the right at the same time to regard their own souls and their own welfare, um, the people are ultimately going to uh, go crazy for these things. It's making me think of where Saul uh, tells the people, he like combans them with this oath, uh, you can't eat any food today until all my enemies are conquered, until all of them are killed. And so by the time the end of the day comes, the people, it says like, you know, they fall on the livestock and they're just eating them and going crazy because they're so hungry. Um, and I think that's kind of the mentality here is that both is needed. You know, we need to realize that just how selfish we are. And that's not removed um, just because you need permission to care for your own soul. There is insane selfishness inside of so many people and even inside of Christians still. We are not living our lives for God. The true standard here um, of if we are loving people as we should is if we are truly living for God as we should. Because if we're living for God as we should, if we're truly giving ourselves to devotion, uh, truly giving ourselves to his service, then we will be available to love people as we should. But if we're not living for Christ as we should, it is a guarantee that you are not loving people as you should. Now, there's intense selfishness in the church today where so many people are just living for their little families and their little lives and their little careers, their little ministries, but they're not broken in their hearts. They're not, they're not desperate for the souls of people. They're not ready for every good work, desperate to do what is righteous in this world. There are billions of people in the world today that are on their way to hell. If that doesn't grasp you, then it shows how dead we are to to loving our neighbor. Because our failure to love our neighbor is one of the greatest ways to describe the state of fallen man, that he does not love God at all not even close to with his with all of his heart, mind, and strength. And he isn't even close to loving his neighbor as himself. Because loving our neighbor is loving our neighbor's soul. It is loving them um, in equality with ourselves. It is seeing that they have just as many needs. They have just as much desire in their heart for the things that we do, for life, for, for goodness, for protection, for food, for clothing. It's seeing that they have just as much much need of these things um, 
as we do, that they desire these things as much as we do, and we serve that. We love them as ourselves. We're not seeing ourselves as somehow separate from all of them, but realizing we are we are humanity, that every person has the same needs as us, and we we are seeking to serve not just ours, but theirs as well, as much as we are capable of. True love for your neighbors, caring for their soul. It is caring for them underneath God. It is caring for them to know God truly, to truly repent of sin, to truly know the gospel um, and, and to live a life to the glory of God. This alone is true love because if we think caring for people um, is anything outside of this, this is actually contrary to love, no matter how much we imagine that it's not. Loving our neighbor is realizing that each person has just as much uh, regard for their lives as we do for our own. This is where so much sin has sprung from. An example of this would be the would be slavery. This is exactly how people thought that those who were um, enslaved in America, that they didn't have the same needs and desires and um the, the desires of the heart and will as any other person around them. And this, this had them and their wicked minds treat, uh, slaves like worse than animals. They had them treat them like animals, um, because they denied the basic fact that every single person, every man and woman around them had the same desires of heart, the same needs as they did. And this is what the wickedness in man does. It suppresses that truth. It says that they don't want the same things as you and so that you can treat them differently. You can see this still today with men and women, even in the church. There's so much today where we talk about, you know, what men are called to and all these other things. I think so often this is at the heart of the problem is that men do not realize that women want the same things as them, that they are called to the same things of them. And they they think that what belongs to man, mankind, belongs to men. This is again where that heart is. You're not loving your neighbor as yourself. It is to see all equality within all of humanity, whether it's race or it's gender, whatever it is. This is what Galatians 3.28 shows to us. You know, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. There's no distinction between slave and free or man and woman. There's no distinction. We are all equal. And if we're not treating each other within that equality and we're not treating each other underneath God, seeking uh, the soul of a person, the welfare of a, a person within the things of God, and we're ultimately not seeing that a person has just as much needs as we do, that their soul matters just as much as our own, um, then we're not loving our neighbor as ourselves. So I hope that these things are helpful um, in understanding what loving our neighbor is. Tomorrow we'll go on to talk a little bit more about this equality um, and how we begin to uh, misunderstand it. So I will see you all there. Take care. For more content like this, visit watchpost.org.